RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. An academic says the authorities should consider making physical education classes compulsory to maintain what he called an Olympics effect. A worker has died after being hit by concrete at a construction site at the State Theatre building in North Point. And far-right French presidential candidate Eric Zemmour has denied that he's a racist at a speech during his first campaign rally. An academic has suggested physical education could be made compulsory at schools to extend what he calls an Olympics effect. Professor Patrick Lau from the Baptist University's Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health was speaking after a three-day visit to the SAR by mainland Olympians following their success at the Tokyo Games over the summer. If you want to promote in school, the first thing I believe uh, the the government should um, increase one more PE sessions in schools and make it compulsory. At the moment, just uh, the minimum is 5% of the school time uh, involved in the school. So uh, some of the schools even have only one single period. It, it is about 35 to 40 minutes a week. So the first thing I, I believe is compulsory PE sessions to be, to, to be uh, conducted, should be promoted. A 34-year-old worker has died after being hit by falling concrete at a construction site in North Point this morning. He was rushed to Rutenji Hospital, where he was declared dead. The police say the piece of concrete was about a half a meter by half a meter. The Labor Department says it's investigating the case at the State Theater building, which is being demolished. Police have launched an animal cruelty investigation after the bodies of 18 pigeons were found in Taipo. Officers said the dead animals were found near Hengyu House of Fuheng Estate. No one has been arrested so far. French presidential candidate Eric Zemmour has been slightly injured after being assaulted at his first campaign rally, where fighting also broke out during his speech in front of thousands of supporters who sang France's national anthem and brandished the tricolor flag. A few days ago, Mr. Zemmour had formally declared his candidacy for April's presidential election. At the rally, he denied he was a racist. No. No, no, of course I'm not a racist. No, of course you're not a racist. All we want is to defend our heritage. We are defending our country, our homeland, the heritage of our ancestors, and the heritage that we will entrust to our children. Pope Francis has returned to the Greek island of Lesbos to comfort migrants at a refugee camp and blast what he said was the indifference and self-interest shown by Europe. Migration is not an issue for the Middle East and Northern Africa, for Europe and Greece. It is an issue for the world. It is an issue for the whole world. The Pope, who was maskless, took his time, walking along the barricades, patting children and babies on the head, and posing for photographs. The former U.S. Republican senator and presidential candidate Bob Dole has died at the age of 98. Mr. Dole survived serious battlefield injuries sustained in World War II and went on to become the Republican leader in the Senate for 11 years, then a record. He was his party's candidate for vice president in 1976 and twice sought the presidential nomination in the 1980s. He spoke after finally being nominated before losing to Bill Clinton in 1996. My life is proof that America is a land without limits. And with my feet on the ground and my heart filled with hope, I put my faith in you 
and in the God who loves us all. For I am convinced that America's best days are yet to come. May God bless you and may God bless America. Thank you very much. With Christmas around the corner, many people have been taking out their decorations, putting up trees and taking family portraits to create personalized cards. But one Republican congressman, Thomas Massey, has been condemned for his interpretation of the holiday spirit. The BBC's Aina Aslam has the details. The Massey family portrait has all the markings of a classic Christmas photograph. The family of seven is posing in front of a decorated tree with color-coordinated clothes and cheesy grins. But they're also all holding guns. And the accompanying caption asks Santa to bring ammo. The picture went viral shortly after it was tweeted by the Kentucky congressman. It comes against the backdrop of a heated debate over gun control in the U.S. and just days after a school shooting. While some on Twitter praised Thomas Massey for voicing his support for the legal right to own guns, the majority said the photo was insensitive. Many people compared it to pictures of terrorists posing with their firearms, while one man, whose daughter died in a school shooting, responded by sharing the last family photo he has of her. Others took a more humorous approach, with photoshopped images of the Massey family holding Santa Claus hostage, and the question, what would the birthday boy, Jesus, say? Virus anywhere means virus everywhere. That's the message from Tony Blair. The former British Prime Minister said with the arrival of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 and the much-criticized patchwork of travel bans, there needs to be a more globally focused response to the pandemic. There really have been three things obvious from the beginning. One, we're going to live with this virus. We're not going to get rid of it. Two, vaccinations are the only way out of it. And three, that virus anywhere is virus everywhere. So I think even at this stage, it's possible to change course, but we need to have it organised. And so now it's not just going to be about the supply of vaccines. I think over the coming weeks and months, we'll have a, a large supply of vaccine flowing even to Africa. But we will have to organise the distribution, the logistics, and absolutely vitally, we've got to organise global genomic sequencing so that we know what's happening in countries. The World Health Organization says that countries should be at least genomic sequencing 5% of their cases. Yeah. Africa's under 1%, but most of the world is not reaching that level. One of the scientists responsible for developing the AstraZeneca vaccine in Britain has warned that a future pandemic could be even more contagious or more lethal. Professor Dame Sarah Gilbert said funding was needed to ensure the knowledge gained over the last two years in fighting deadly viruses was not lost. Here's the BBC's medical editor, Fergus Walsh. Professor Sarah Gilbert said the scientists who led the global fight against COVID should not be allowed to fade back into underfunded obscurity at the end of this pandemic. Professor Gilbert said the rapid progress seen in delivering vaccines and medicines during the pandemic should become the norm, adding there was no reason why a universal flu vaccine could not be developed in order to wipe out the threat from influenza, a disease that causes pandemic several times a century. Thousands of people have been demonstrating in the Belgian capital Brussels against the country's COVID pass. Police estimated 8,000 people participated. Some people explained their reasons for joining the march. 
I am a natural being and I want to choose over my own uh, body and my uh, own free will and that's why I'm here. The pressure is enormous. As adults we don't have to be vaccinated but the pressure is enormous from from peers, from neighbors, from colleagues, from friends, even inside families and, co and, and couples. So I think the pressure is enormous. There is a big divide in the population and it's, uh, that's why I'm here. Afghanistan's Taliban rulers have said they're prepared to allow an independent investigation into claims they've carried out targeted killings of former members of the security forces. The campaign group Human Rights Watch has described allegations of summary executions or enforced disappearances. The United States, the European Union and other countries have called on the Taliban to respect their pledge not to harm ex-soldiers. The Taliban have rejected their accusations. This man is a former colonel from the Afghan Ministry of Interior Affairs. He's not being named in order to protect his identity and is currently in hiding inside Afghanistan. When the government uh, first collapsed, everyone was running and no one knows what's happening. My family told me that you should not stay at home uh, because everyone knows you and everyone recognizes you. Go somewhere else uh, to the sanctuary. So I left my home, uh, went somewhere else. Uh, but at night time, uh, my family called me. About six to seven people came, armed uh, Taliban came to the home, and they were searching for you. We told the Taliban that he's not at home, uh, and we don't know where he is. They even uh, beat my little son, who is 10 years old, and my 12-year-old daughter. Uh, they also beat her. They also took my vehicle with themselves, and they were telling that now it belongs to us. The Gambian president, Adama Barrow, has been declared the winner of his country's presidential election. According to Gambia's electoral commission, Mr. Barrow received almost twice as many votes as his main challenger, Usainu Darbo. He urged all Gambians to come together for the future of the country. I call on all Gambians, irrespective of our political divide, to push aside our political and other differences and come together as one people to work towards the development of our country. I thank you. Oh, my God bless you. Gambians celebrated in the streets after Mr. Barrow's victory. The election results have already been contested by four opposition leaders, including Mr. Darbo, who held a press briefing to challenge the credibility of the vote. According to a statement from the parties, they were concerned about what they called an inordinate delay in the announcement of the results. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,470. That's 296 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $100 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 112.97 to the yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. In sport, Let's start with Formula One. Lewis Hamilton has won the incident-filled first-ever Saudi Arabian Grand Prix to draw level on points with 
the title rival, Max Verstappen. That sets up a winner's, winner-takes-all championship fi- finale in Abu Dhabi next weekend. The BBC's Jack Nichols has more. In a season of controversial races, this was arguably the most controversial so far. I don't really have time to go into it all, but it featured three race starts, a bizarre low-speed collision as Verstappen tried to let Hamilton pass after forcing Hamilton off the track, for which the Dutchman later received a five-second time penalty. And it all means that one of the most hard-fought title fights in history will go down to the wire, with the two having an identical points tally. So after an incredibly complicated race, it's an incredibly simple outcome. Whoever finishes ahead next week at the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi will be champion. On to football now, Manchester United's interim manager Ralph Rangnick is off to a winning start. A 1-0 success over Crystal Palace at Old Trafford put United three points outside the top four. Rangnick said he saw plenty of positives in his first game in charge of United. I'm very happy with the, the way that the, the, the team performed, the way they played, especially the first half hour was uh, exceptional, I thought. Extreme high intensity and tempo. Uh, the only thing that was missing in that p- period of the game was the one or two nil. But the way the team defended as a team, the whole game, we had control on the game. So uh, I'm very happy with the game, the performance, but also with the result. Clean sheet, that's, that's the most important part. Tottenham enjoyed a comfortable 3-0 home win over bottom side Norwich. Spurs are fifth in the table, one point behind fourth place West Ham. Brazilian midfielder Lucas Moura picked up his first goal of the Premier League season. Very nice goal. I'm very happy to score my first goal in Premier League. I was looking for this goal for this moment. I always say that uh, I'm not uh, like Sonny, like uh, Harry Kane. They score a lot of goals, but I score I score some nice goals, and uh, I'm happy to help the team. And uh, the most important for me is give my best, give 100% every game. And I was sure that the goal would come, and I'm happy to co- that it came today in our stadium. Just need to keep going in this way. Two goals from Isri Konza helped Aston Villa come from behind to beat Leicester City 2-1. Leeds United drew 2-all with Brentford at Elland Road. Patrick Bamford got the injury time equaliser for the hosts. And the weather forecast. It will be fine and dry with moderate north to northeasterly winds. The outlook, it'll continue fine and dry in the next few days. Still cool tomorrow morning and the temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. Right now the temperature is holding at 21 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity of 42%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. An academic says the authorities should consider making physical education classes compulsory to maintain what he called an Olympics effect. A worker has died after being hit by concrete at a construction site at the State Theater building in North Point. And far-right French presidential candidate Eric Zemmour has denied that he's a racist at a speech during his first campaign rally. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 6th of December is today's date. It's great to be back in the studio after the weekend. Hope you all had a great weekend and thank you very much to Phil for the morning brew. We've got a busy program. To start off today's 123 show, we're going to be hearing about one of the charities we're supporting for this year's Operation Santa Claus. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be hearing about the Children's Heart Foundation. Yuki Jung, our producer, went to their center in Kowloon Bay and met up with Ivan Chow, who's their fundraising officer, to talk about their project, which is called Inherited Cardiovascular Disease and Prevention of Sudden Cardiac Death in Hong Kong Children and Adolescents. So they'll be holding a genomic test.